Let's put a wrap on uh, this NFL season. Let's get out to the zone phone. He's been joining us all season long from the Peacock and Williamson podcast, amongst a lot of other stuff. He's our good friend, Matt Williamson. What's going on, Matt? Not a lot. How you guys doing? Hey, we're doing terrific, man. Uh, just, uh, you know, still digesting that Super Bowl. Your thoughts on uh, what the Bucks were able to do to the Chiefs? It was unbelievably impressive. I mean, I thought they were the better coach team, the more aggressive team. They played faster. They were more physical. Uh, their defensive line just totally exploited an extremely banged-up group of, of Chiefs blockers and really dominated from start to finish. I mean, I, I was blown away. I didn't see that coming. They seemed like they wanted it more as well, and I'm not you know, implying that the Chiefs didn't play hard or anything, but, boy, Tampa came out flying. Matt, we were just talking earlier about how Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. My question to you is, even in the times on the plays when he seemed to have enough time to throw, there was a coverage sack. I mean, were you surprised at how well the receivers were blanketed? Yeah, that was a bit shocking, too. I mean, the back seven for the Bucks also deserves a lot of credit. Of course, the pass rush was dominant against lesser blockers, but the, the coverage was outstanding against some of the best receivers in the league. And it sure looked to me, and it's, I mean, I know this is what they were looking to do, was they weren't going to let Tyreek beat them over the top. You know, and they were going to expose the middle of the field if need be. And Kelsey had a couple drops and finished the day with really good numbers. But that wasn't enough. And, you know, Kansas City didn't run the ball very much, even though there were some favorable situations for them. There was a couple drops. Penalties obviously hurt the Chiefs in the first half as well. But, boy, the Bucks D gets the game ball for me. Matt, were you surprised? Well, let me put it this way. The Chiefs historically have been so good at uh, being down but not out. And then storming back. I mean, we saw it uh, in last year's Super Bowl. We've seen them do it a bunch. Are you surprised that they were not able to make the adjustments to storm back into this one? Yeah, uh, very much so. I mean, it, it shocked me that Andy Reid didn't help his line more with keeping extra blockers in. I mean, things like that. Or that they didn't get the Bucks D figured out. I mean, I was strongly considering putting a bet on the, the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl when they were down heavy, thinking, wow, I can get great odds now. Maybe they can storm back and win this thing, as we've seen so many times. But glad I didn't. Matt, we've made it all the way through this interview without mentioning uh, and the name of Tom Brady. At least I don't think anybody said it so far. What do you make <laughs> of the old? What do you make of the old man? Really playing well. Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that he really put his stamp on this um, on this team as the season went on, particularly after the Week 13 bye. A lot more play action, a lot more Patriot-like situations, and I'm sure his leadership has a, a massive ripple effect on everybody involved in that organization. I mean, just in terms of, uh, hey, uh, it, should I should I hang it up or should I lift that extra set of weights and the old guy in the corners over there pumping away with six rings on his finger, like, ah, maybe I'll keep it up. You know, obviously the culture has changed dramatically in Tampa Bay. It was a long time before they were in the, you know, that they were in the playoffs before this year. And they're really something right now. Matt Williamson with us here on 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. And this is kind of a, a delicate subject. Um, and, and I kind of want to keep it broad, I guess. But there was a, a situation with Britt Reed, obviously, a couple of days before the Super Bowl. 
and it's not the first distraction that we've seen before a Super Bowl, right? I'm, you know, go back to Barrett Robbins disappearing mm-hmm. for the Raiders to to Tijuana, Eugene Robinson for the Falcons. I mean, we've seen these these kind of negative stories impact teams before. Do you think that had some sort? Do you think Andy Reid might have been distracted by that unfortunate situation? Yeah, I, I mean, I brought it up on our podcast as well. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't. I don't know how any father out there couldn't have been distracted and you know it it shocked me I mean that aside I mean I didn't think he coached a particularly good game and I think he's an elite head coach Uh, I mean I don't mean to make excuses for him but I mean that has to be a huge component of you know or looming over the team I mean it's not even his son it's an assistant coach on the team that everybody knew it wasn't just you know a kid at home type of situation where he, he was a little bit of an outsider. I mean, everybody knew you know, him and the the issues that the Reed family has had in the past, too. I, I think it's a huge component that no one seems to be talking about that is massive. You mentioned Matt, Tom Brady's leadership. How much freedom did he have to 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 call plays or to change plays? Was he as much a coach as anybody else? None of us know that for sure. But by the stamp of how they play on offense and how it changed throughout the season, I think it's pretty clear that he has as much influence as anyone, if not more. You know, we saw some things even, you know, while during the game when he was mic'd up or whatever, and he's just yelling, no, no, no. You know I mean? Like, he's doing what he wants to do and has obviously earned that. And by no means is that discounting what, Leftwich, who I think is a future head coach, and Arians have done with that offense. I, I think it takes really smart people to realize, hey, we need to cater to him. We need to let him do what he's going to do. Don't just keep you know squashing a square peg into a round hole. Matt, today um, the latest quarterback drama has been with Russell Wilson with Seattle as he's done a, a few interviews where he's – you know, the rhetoric wasn't sharp. I mean, he he wasn't really mean about it, but the message coming out that he's tired of getting knocked down and he doesn't want to be sacked 400 times and set the NFL sacks record. What do you make of Russell expressing expressing his opinion? Let me put it that way. Yeah, and I've only heard it secondhand. I haven't read or heard, you know, seen what he said exactly. Um, I'm sure he's frustrated with how he – and the entire offense played down the stretch. They were almost night and day from the first half of the season to the second. And I don't understand why they ran the ball as much as they did late in the year. And frankly, Wilson didn't play very well those last six to eight weeks. I mean, you can blame others around them or they didn't throw enough or whatever you want. But his play isolated was not that impressive late in the season. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, he has taken a beating over his, over his years. Some of that is self-induced because he holds the ball, especially as a young player, longer than most quarterbacks. And for the most part, that works out extremely well for him. I wouldn't look too much into it. It probably is more along the lines of Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season, just showing a little frustration and probably much ado about nothing. I hope. So, so Matt, how many quarterbacks do you think are going to change locations? I don't know if you guys saw the tweet a week or two ago from Adam Schefter who thought 18 was the magic number. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. (laughs) And then since then, he even said, I'll take the over. And 
Adam knows more than I do about these things. I can't imagine it being that number, but I bet it's over 10 or so. I mean, the, the thing that, you know, I did this exercise on the podcast too. I mean, there's easily 10 to 12 teams, you know, Buffalo, Kansas City, that you know there's no change. I mean, does that mean everyone else is going to move quarterbacks? I mean, I think Wentz and Darnold and some of these other guys will be moving sooner than later. But I can't imagine it's more than 10 or 12. But still, that's a remarkable number. Matt, let me ask you uh, specifically about Carson Wentz. And I, I kind of laughed, I guess it was last week, maybe a couple of weeks ago, where I saw the report that the Eagles would be looking for multiple first-round draft picks, which I, I just chuckled because you look at the Jared Goff trade and it's like, no, Philadelphia, you're the one who's going to have to spend to get that contract off your books. Am I, am I totally misreading that? I'm the biggest Wentz fan you're going to find. And it took me a long time to really – give him the blame that he's deserved for how poorly he played this year. I read that same thing too. And last I'm like, you want two first round picks for this guy with his contract. And, you know, basically the, the Rams had to give Detroit something to take golf off their hands. Goff played better than Wentz. They have similar contracts this year. I mean, I can't believe that. And, you know, a, a while back I was saying, it's probably a a second or or so to get Wentz out of out of there. I mean, okay, I can buy that. Not too first. And I will say Philly is kind of notorious for getting things to the media to try to help their cause more than most teams. And this sure feels like that to me, but to to even consider two first, you're not gonna get anybody sniffing around at all. Matt, somebody on our show gets beat up a lot for always picking the uh, the favorite to go all the way. Uh, so I'm asking for a friend, not for myself. <laughs> but I'm asking, would you would you pick the Bucks to win again next year? <laughs> Man, it's a tough one because they have about five really important free agents, and I'd like to know who returns and who doesn't, of course. But I feel like they're hitting their stride as an organization. And as an offense, I think it's really important that neither of their coordinators was pillaged. You know, I think that's a big, big deal for them. As it stands right now, maybe. I mean, I do think Matthew Stafford helps the Rams tremendously and boosts their chances a little bit, but I'm not sure I'm ready to pick them. I still think the Packers have some holes. I think the Saints are ready to fall off and get hit really hard by uh, salary cap problems. So I would say Tampa is the favorite, at least in the NFC. Matt, I'm okay, sure we've I'm asked. Gonna, uh, excuse me, Jake. I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes here. You should. <laughs> yeah, you should. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt, want to ask you about the Cowboys, of course, in their quarterback situation. Jerry Jones says uh, that they are, are not afraid to franchise tag Dak again. At what point do you think Jerry is going to have to invest in that, in that guy or move off him? Yeah, we actually had a really good conversation on the podcast today about that, thinking you have to franchise them. I mean, at a minimum, then if somebody comes and offers them a great contract, you get two first-round picks in return. And there were some rumors that Washington's very interested, which would make an awful lot of sense. Um, But he's expensive, and I think he showed his value this year by not playing. I mean, the offense was dramatically worse without him. I'm not sure people realize this. I mean, in 2019, it's only a year ago, they were the best offense in the league on a yards-per-play basis. And 
I mean, better than the Chiefs, better than everybody. And I don't think they're far off. And that was without CeeDee Lamb. So to have a chance, I think you have to lock him up long term. And I'm a little shocked it hasn't happened, you know, already or rumored to be on the horizon. Matt, we've had some good college uh, linebackers come through uh, the, the schools in this state. Uh, Fred Warner and Bobby Wagner, Kyle Van Oy among them. Who's the best linebacker playing in the NFL these days? Ooh, I think I'm going to go with Warner. And I'm not trying to score points with the locals. I mean, I did a, a preseason linebacker list and had Warner at like 10th or 11th on my list. And a bunch of people gave me a hard time about it. And I regret having him that low. So I paid a little more extra attention to him just for that reason. He flies all over the field. His, he is extremely instinctual and reads things extremely well. Um, I think he's an improving player at a rapid rate. I mean, more important in that off, in that defense than he's been, you know, in previous years. I'll go with Warner with the arrow pointing up. Mm. Matt Williamson with us. And, Matt, last thing from me, you cover the Pittsburgh Steelers closely. What's the future of that franchise and uh, particularly at their quarterback position? Yeah, I think Ben will be back this year at a reduced rate at a team-friendly type of situation. But I would imagine it's the end of the road for him. I, I really look at it like a, an Elway with the Broncos type of situation that for them to compete this year, they need to find their Terrell Davis and run the football a lot more, get the ball out of Ben's hands. They threw the ball at a way too high a percentage, rely on the defense, kind of an old-school approach. Um, asking him to carry the team anymore just isn't going to get it done. Matt, I, I, my last question is about Aaron Rodgers. And I'm, no, I'm not going to ask you about his recent uh, engagement, but I do want to <laughs> ask you, did did he deserve, was he the MVP? Was that, was that the right choice? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I really thought he only had one bad game in the regular season, happened to be against Tampa Bay, um, didn't have a, ton around him i mean he had a, a fair amount but his mvps go wasn't a loaded offense i thought he played at an extremely high level he would have got my vote yes well matt we just want to say thanks for all your help this nfl season it was unique but it was fun to have you aboard and we appreciate you coming on the show so much absolutely it was a lot of fun thanks so much thanks Matt. thank you thanks. matt that's our friend Matt Matt Williamson. Uh, he does a lot, uh, but specifically uh, the Peacock and Williamson podcasts, part of the uh, Locked On Network. And as we mentioned, he covers the Steelers closely. He's a former scout.